Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for what I feel in this place. I know where I was. I know where I am now. I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you guys are stuck with me tonight. Boy, when I saw a Wednesday, it's, it may, you're pretty nervous on a Sunday, but you get a Wednesday, I'm, I'm your only shot today. So, amen. Thank you to our music team. Uh, looks like they've already took off. They did a great job. Awesome. Well, I guess in about 48 hours, we have a wedding. Woo! Amen. Amen. I got a special, special message that I believe God gave to me. And it comes out of Romans 6 and verse 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Amen. I want to speak to you tonight about new life is calling. God, we thank you so much for letting us be here today. God, I pray that you would help me today, God, to speak to these people. God, I pray that you'd open the ears to hear. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Only by joining Christ in his death can we believers be united with him in his resurrection. Jesus has made this no more apparent than when he says in Matthew 16, 24, or 16, 24 and 25, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So here in the scripture we find ourselves in a position of losing something. And it's not always the best position to be in. Usually for me, when I lose something, it's something of value. Anybody else? Yeah. Typically, it's my debit card, which I have on me tonight. I lost it well, recently. It got stuck in the wash and dry cycle, and now it looks like a piece of bacon. So, But it still works. It's my car keys or newly um, Wells. I have a son. And we lose his binky. And the worst time to lose that is at about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so you're, you find yourself on the ground, half asleep, searching for it, you know. And uh, no one needs to tell me to do these things or my son, but I do. And usually it's a panic until we find it. All these things are important to how I live my daily life. But here Jesus is telling his disciples, if you will lose, everybody say lose, lose. If you will lose your life for my sake, you will find it. But if you will save it, you will lose it. What is Jesus saying here? If you will give up what you want to do in life for my sake, even though you think what you're doing is pretty awesome and you think you're just the best at what you do and, you know, make a huge difference. I will bless you and give you life by letting you walk in your life's purpose. In Luke 5, we see a great example of this. The setting is the Lake of Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee. Here Jesus was standing by the sea, and because of his popularity and a demand to hear him speak, the crowd began to grow. 
I'm a visual guy. I like to imagine the, the sea, and Jesus is backed up against it, and he begins to speak, and he was, he was so popular, he was backed up against the water's edge. And it said he saw the water's edge had two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. They, uh, Jesus, running out of room, hops into a boat and asks the captain, put out a little from shore. And he begins to teach from there. These fishermen, they were done for the day. The Bible says that these men were washing their nets. They were wrapping it up. Their minds were probably already on getting something to eat, uh, heading to prayer, depending if they worked a midnight shift. They were maybe heading to prayer, working on getting some sleep. I'm sure a lot of you guys, like myself, can recall a time where you were just getting ready to walk out of work and you're like, hey, anything else you need? And secretly you're hoping they're saying no. They'll say no. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 just one more thing. And you're like, I shouldn't have said anything. Your heart sinks. Your mind was set on getting home, getting into your pajamas and relaxing. Adjusting from his routine, the captain of the boat put his net back in the boat, unties the boat from the dock, and he climbs in. He grabs his oars and pushes away from the shore. He, just uh, so Jesus can teach. When Jesus had finished speaking and knowing they had fished all night with no success, he tells the captain of the boat, put out in deep water and let down the nets for a catch. The man replies, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Similar to us, he had a hesitancy to do it. We've tried all night, but I guess since you asked, I'll do it. In verse 6, it says that when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the the ships, so that they began to sink. So who was the captain of the boat that Jesus boarded? It was none other than a man by the name of Simon. Simon Peter saw what the Lord had did, and he fell to his knees, and he said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Anytime we get into the presence of God, and God performs a miracle. I got to thinking about this. How, how was this specific instance something where he would have known that Jesus is Lord? It would have had to have been something so miraculous that, that he, like something he had basically never seen before. And so he had pulled in all these fish and he ends up in repentance. Lord, I am a sinful man. Peter recognized that the supernatural act Jesus had performed and now sees that there is something different about him. He says, I'm a sinful man. I'm sure Peter had heard of Jesus before he entered the boat. He heard of the miracles and he heard of the proclamations of who Jesus was and his authority. Jesus had just finished casting out a devil and was preaching in the synagogue. He was well known and he was certainly known 
of these men. But Peter had not put any real stock into who this man was until now. He and his companions, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were astonished at the amounts of fish that they had caught. They're thinking, who is this man? How, did I, how come I didn't believe in him and questioned going a little further? See, church, sometimes we question things. Did I hear that right? Is this message really for me? Do I really have to give up all of these things to serve God and to be a follower of his? Come on, do I really have to, uh, ha- do I really have a call of God on my life? Do we really need to do outreach? Has anybody ever been there? We do it. We all do it. And so James was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Jesus had showed what the harvest would be like if Peter was obedient to his commands. Even when Peter questions God, God's will for that moment in the boat, Jesus had patience with him, had patience with him because he did as he commanded. There's times where we uh, God will ask us to do something and we will at first maybe say no, but he's patient with us. That's who he is. Peter had doubts that his this whole thing was going to work out. He was the one that was a professional fisherman. Just like if I came on a lot of your jobs and I began to tell you what to do, how to, how to run a trash truck, I wouldn't even know the first thing to do. But if I came on your job and, and started telling you what to do, you'd likely be like, well, hey, man, I'm, I've been doing this for a while. I kind of know what I'm doing, Right? But he did it anyhow. But when he obeyed the call and the command, Jesus showed him how he would be successful. And how was that? By setting before them a miracle of supernatural harvest. This couldn't have happened if one man named Simon Peter was not obedient to Jesus' command. It's so important that we are obedient to the things that God would put before us. It's little uh, small things that we wouldn't even think of when uh, we walk by something that might be on the floor and we pick it up. It's little things of those of obedience that will eventually lead to the larger things in God. Yes, Peter was reluctant and hesitant and had his doubts, but he still went out to the place where Jesus told him to go. Tonight in this room, some of us sit here content with where we are in life. I know I've, I know at times I can be, right? Why? Why is that? Because going further in God is difficult. It requires obedience. It requires sacrifice. It requires doing things that you don't want to do. You know, it's, it's interesting in, in preparing for a, a message. You know, I'm like, man, I, I better actually get up at like 6 o'clock and pray. When normally I'm like, ah, maybe I'll wake up at 6.30, you know, 7 o'clock and, and pray. 
you just, serving God, you, you do things different. Jesus is calling us to obedience and trust in him. He's saying, put out in deep water and let down the nets for a catch. What are you afraid of? If we would live a life of obedience to God's word and trust him enough that he is able to do what he said he can, then we will reap the harvest of his supernatural blessing. You might say, I'm willing, but I don't know how. I'm willing to serve God. I'm willing to maybe uh, help out in areas that I've not helped out or to, to do what God is calling me to do, but how do I do it? That's a dilemma that I find myself in, to be quite honest sometimes. I'm willing, but how? I'll tell you how. I know the first step. Are you ready? Talk with our pastor. Talk with him. Sound, sounds silly. It's God's will that we have a shepherd to lead us. I had another message that I was considering teaching tonight. I won't go into it all the way because it's possibly for another day. But if you go to 1 Samuel 8, you'll, when you get some time, God wants to instruct his people by the chosen man that he has given to judge them. God does speak through our pastor. If, if you listen to these messages that he's been, pre, been preaching and you listen to them, it, I don't know about you, but they've been transforming my life. Church, we must render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render to God the things that are God's. There's things that we have to do. We have to pay taxes. We have to follow traffic rules. And we have to root for the Cleveland Browns. Amen. Amen. Not my rules or the laws of the land. But we shouldn't get so caught up in what the government is doing that we miss out in what God is trying to do in our lives. We can't miss it. We can't be fighting fights that not, are not ours to fight. 1 Timothy 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, for unto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Jesus was looking for an obedient soul. He was looking for somebody that was willing. He didn't force these men. He didn't make them do it. He didn't make them come after him. But they recognized that they had a need for a new life in Jesus. The cross for Jesus led to his death. Therefore, losing his life for the work of his father in heaven. Exactly what he was asking us to do, to lose our lives for his sake, he did it. Exactly what he was asking us to do, he did it. Jesus uh, gathering of his disciples was not unusual for this time in, the Jew, in this Jewish setting. Many rabbis would gather students and teach them the Torah. But the kind of disciples that Jesus gathers, these are the unusual people. The unusual. Boy, if we went around here tonight and we start asking some of, of you and, and myself where we came from. Are you qualified? Fishermen, tax collectors, former revolution. Tax collectors were not good people. They were probably still don't think they're good people. Former revolutionaries and just plain old sinners make up this new community. 
It's so easy to get lost in who we are now and forget complete who we were, who we, where we ever came from and, and what God did for us. We have such a hope. We have such a hope. I, I think about this. I'm like, so, sometimes it's easy to forget my testimony. It's such an important part of my life. But God has brought me from a, a place where I had no hope. I was in the hospital all the time. I thought I was, I was dying. I thought just all this stuff. But he restored within me a new mind, a new heart. It's not always easy. It's not. But it's worth it. Jesus launches them on a journey with him, a walk in which he begins to work in their lives. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor and I, has it been a couple of weeks, his birthday? We went up to uh, the Indians game, and um, we were sitting down to eat, and I said, Pastor, how does one find their calling? Like, it just seems so elusive, like, at times, just, how, how do you find that? And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he responded, it's, it's just simply doing what you know to do and serving God, S- serving, being obedient, taking advantage of opportunities presented before you. What else do you do? What else, what else could these men do? I, I don't see from the beginning of this calling where uh, Jesus said, hey, you're going you're gonna to die for me and you're going to live a long life. And, you know, none of this stuff. We didn't see that. This is what he said. Follow me. Follow me. And anybody that's struggling in here tonight, that's all you have to do is follow him. Okay, fine. How do I do it? You be obedient. To what? To this. When you, when you read this, it's amazing how it gives you instruction and when you, when you talk to pastor and the man of God in your life, it's, they're not trying to lord over you. They just want to help you. God gave them as our shepherd. We go here and he will help us and he will help guide us. We don't need to be perfect to come to Jesus or to do his mission. Rather, we need to trust him. And we need to let him do his gracious work in transforming our lives. We know where we came from. When we know where we come from, who's harder on ourselves than us? Nobody. Nobody. He attracts those who know that they need him. And know that Jesus has the authority to forgive their sin. Just think of the lady that touched the hem of his garment. I think about that, and I'm not in a situation in my life where, you know, I, you know, uh, an ailment in my body where I would need to, I guess, press in that manner, but I guess that could be at any point in our lives. She knew, she knew that was the only way that it was going to happen. She knew that Jesus was the only opportunity. She had, she had given everything. She's tried doctors. She tried all that. It, it didn't work. God will shape us and mold us and fulfill our higher calling if we will just lay it all down for him. That's all we have to do. We have to give up we wanna, what we want to do. Well, I got to quit my job. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? No, probably not. Well, I don't have to go to college. and um, Probably should go to college. He's just saying, 
listen, what you want to do, lay it down. That's not it. I want you to do what I want you to do. And what is that? Obedience. There's a place for our work, for our school, and all the fun things we like to do. Even the Cleveland Browns. Even, I should say, for you Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But a new life in Jesus only comes when we are obedient to the call that he has placed in our lives. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him, verse 11 says. So we go from this setting where Jesus is teaching. He knew what he was doing. He, he had placed himself accordingly. He ministered in that area an awful lot. If you look around that sea, he ministered there a lot. But he had placed himself there, and these men knew who he was. And he ends up in the, the ship of Simon Peter, teaches a little bit. He knew that they had not caught anything all night long, but he tells them, hey, trust me. Press out into the deep. God, I've already tried this before. I've tried serving you. I've tried uh, doing the, the things that you've called me to do. Trust me. Trust me. Press out into the deep. After they've seen this miraculous uh, miracle, in verse 11, they forsook all and followed him. The constant stir and questioning within us is not by chance. It's our souls desiring a deeper relationship with the one who created us. When we went down in the water and were buried in baptism with Christ, his desire for us is that we would walk in new life. You don't have to live the way that you used to. As a matter of fact, when you're baptized and you come up out of that water, you have a new life. As Christ did, we should also walk in the newness of life. That we would not be the same old person that we used to be. Sitting among us tonight are both young and old. People who have accepted their calling and those who have yet to accept it. I don't know who, maybe I was talking to Brother Brian. He was joking with me before service. We typically talk to each other. And uh, I didn't call him before I, I talked. And uh, iron sharpens iron. I really love Brother Brian. And um, anyway, we, I think I was talking to him about it. But when Jesus first called these, these men, as I said earlier, he, he, didn't, he didn't tell Peter that he would preach the day of Pentecost. He was Simon. And he eventually changed his name from Simon to Peter, where he became Simon Peter, and that meant a stone or a rock. And on that rock, God built his church. You, you look at all these other men in the Bible, and it all started with a simple stage of obedience, folks. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Each of you are world changers, are Stark County changers, are Ohio changers, soul winners and missionaries and prayer warriors preachers and teachers and musicians, and much, much more. Today, we can go deeper into the call of Jesus and walk in new life, one of peace and spiritual prosperity, if we will trust and be obedient to the call of Jesus. Not much, not much longer than 15 minutes of my time. Amen. We must start the journey. Jesus is calling. Will you answer and walk in new life? Amen. That's what I have for you tonight.
I believe pastors, uh, they're going to get pastor, but it's, you know what, it's, Sometimes it's it's difficult, honestly, to figure out where you're going to be, you know, in, in 15 years or 20 years. But I just know for myself that it starts one day at a time. Obedience, reading, praying, taking advantage of the opportunities in front of you. Every person from Xavier and younger to whoever the oldest person is in this room, you matter. You can make a difference. doesn't matter where you came from. There's one thing that matters is that you will serve Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen.